Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas, and I am joined today by Michael Smolinski. CEO and founder of Lightstreams. How you doing, Michael? I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh, oh no, 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 no problem. So let's get right into it. Tell us about your company. What is Lightstreams and what do you guys do? Yeah, so uh, Lightstreams is uh, a blockchain protocol. Um, we enable any decentralized app to be built on on top of the Lightstreams protocol. Um, and basically, we specialize in enabling speed and privacy for decentralized applications. Okay, and how long has Lightstreams been around? Uh, so Lightstreams is a very new company. Um, we were actually incorporated in January this year. However, um, I've been building the technology myself uh, since 2017, uh, since I won a hackathon at a Consensus Hackathon in New York. Um, and I've had uh, you know various colleagues help me out, but we really started getting going um actually since december last year but we incorporated in january this year ah okay and and so it, it was you and some partners that that kind of already had a background in this area and you decided to form the company yeah pretty much i mean i've been the sole guy but um i've brought on other people um you know i've had a lot of advice from others um and now we're just really starting to scale so growing the team and so in terms of 
your your normal customer base? Is this more business to business, business to institutions, or, or are you looking at individual consumers? Um, so the customers are it's kind of wide open. Um, I believe at the start, our customers are actually the software developers themselves and other, um, you know, what what you would call ICO projects. Um, so you know, we've got a lot of great new projects that are building blockchain technology, but they don't really have the features and capabilities that they really need a good platform um, to do the sort of things that they really want. And so this is what Lightstream is offering. Um, so you can imagine it like, um, you know, like an operating system for a computer. Uh, we are the operating system. And, you know, then anyone can come along and program whatever kind of application that they want um, using the great features of, of our operating system. And so if, if, I'm one of these developers and one of these people who comes to Lightstream uh, uh, to, to kind of advance my work. What does that look like on day one of working with, with you guys? Okay, so um, the great thing about Lightstream is that we're harnessing the existing ecosystem of the Ethereum network. Um, so any um, you know, smart contract code, which, which is written in a language called Solidity, um, you know, those developers can use um, their existing tools it's the same code, um, and so they're ready to go uh, from day one. Um, but on top of Ethereum, we provide some extra capabilities, um, which we think is essential uh, for decentralized applications. One is around blockchain storage. Uh, so there's a real problem at the moment with blockchain storage, and also um, you know, a lack of speed and responsiveness in these applications at the moment. So you mentioned the problem with blockchain speed. What in your opinion, what do you think is the, the cause of that? Is it just too many, too many users already, or, or what, what? Well, again, what do you think is causing? Yeah, I mean, it's many factors. Um, you know, we're in this brave new decentralized world, and um, the technology is catching up, and we're not really at the stage of um, you know where we've come so far with the 20 years of uh, the internet revolution. Um, you know, we've got what they call a, a bottleneck issue at the moment. Um, you know, we've got applications, for example, called CryptoKitties that some people know of um, that are just slowing down um, the mainnet of Ethereum. Um, and that really comes down to just the decentralized nature of the way that it's built. Um, it takes a long time to process transactions due to, um, you know, if we get into details, a thing called the proof of work consensus algorithm. Um, you know, and there's various people that are, are trying different things and great solutions out there. Um, what we've done is we've just chosen some proven technology um, called Tendermint, um, you know, that gives us an order of magnitude uh, increase in speed. So that's just one solution. Um, you know, we're a firm believer in use, engineering our technology using proven technology, um, you know, proven code and technology out there. Um, but we're happy to, you know, look at other technology as it comes up and integrate that into our system. So would it be safe to say the that Lightstream's ultimate goal would be to kind of to keep building and then improve and refine kind of the foundations that are already there in the blockchain? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can think of, um, you know, everyone thinks Apple's a great company, right? Um, you know, and they started out, um, you know, with uh, simple Mac One computers and then, I mean, sorry, Apple One. And then, you know, they moved on to the iPod and everyone thought the iPod was fantastic, right? And now you got the iPhone. Uh, so, yes, we're just going to keep developing, um, just doing really good engineering, um, choosing the features that, you know, we as a team would like to use to build decentralized applications. 
because that's really where I've come from. I'm an engineer myself. I've worked on blockchain projects. And Lightstreams has come about just through my own frustration and, and problems that I've seen with blockchain technology. And I uh, said, hey, how about we do things a little bit different? How, do we, how about we engineer things in a different way? Um, and this is really how Lightstreams has come about. Well, they say some of the best companies come about that way, right, through necessity. You know, I was frustrated with some part of my work, and so I needed to create something to help me, and then it becomes an entire company because so many yeah, people need it. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're having actually a lot of blockchain projects approach us. Um, you know, we, we haven't been doing any business development at this stage because we're a young company and we just focused on uh, launching the network. Um, but, you know, we've had some great projects that have done some ICO raise, raises and They've realized uh, post-raise, like, actually, um, we don't have all the technology that we need. And they've heard through various sources about what we're doing. Maybe they've seen some of our blogs and approached us and said, hey, um, you know, when you guys ready, we'd love to uh, build on your platform. And that's just fantastic, really. And so in, in the short time that Livestream has been together, what are some of the difficulties that you say that you've encountered in just pu- putting the company together and getting to this point? Actually, running a, a token sale campaign is, is more challenging um, than you would think. I mean, you know, I've been in this industry uh, since 2014, um, and it's changed a lot. Um, I was Before that, I was like working in a stable job in a big bank and earning pl- pl- plenty of money to be uh, secure. Um, but now the, the regulations and the environment uh, for doing a token sale campaign is, is um, very challenging um, and it's been a lot more work than, than what we envisioned. But I mean, that's good. I think we're bringing uh, cryptocurrency into the real world now. Um, it's definitely been noticed by the authorities around the world and they're looking to regulate it in, a, in, a, in the right way that it should be. Um, so that means it's coming out of the dark, if you will. And, um, you know, real world businesses are going to start using this technology and, you know, it's going to impact um, every part of our lives, which which is really great, actually. So you mentioned uh, regulations and it just made me think, will, will there ever be a time where it feels like the regulators will be able to catch up knowledge wise to where the regulations that they're trying to create won't feel so restrictive or won't feel off the mark? Um, I mean, I think they can. I mean, there's some clever people there. Um, it does obviously lack behind. I mean, technology moves quite fast. Um, but the thing is, with blockchain technology, it's, a, it's essentially a, a, a fintech, a financial technology. And, you know, I've come from working in big banks, and uh, I understand the importance of having a very well-regulated financial system. And uh, what we're doing is we're modifying the financial system of the world. And and it's actually really incredible. Um, We're bringing together financial technology with traditional internet applications and just opening that up into into these really innovative ideas. But, you know, that has to be controlled. I mean, we're dealing with um, real people's money and their their livelihoods. So, um, you know, the average consumer does need to be protected. And and so that's fair and, and it does make sense. And so we, we've discussed maybe some of the difficulties in, in bringing the company together, but what would you say are, would come to mind if I, if I use the phrase main achievements so far? Like what immediately springs to mind is like this was a, this was a great win for us. Yeah, I think the, the main um, achievement for us because we're really early stage startup is just awareness uh, of what we're doing. Like 
you know, I was really uh, pleased personally when uh, I won some awards, um, particularly at the hackathon last year. Uh, so we got recognized there and some people came along and go, hey, I think you, you really got something there. And, um, and then just lately, actually, we've just had this incredible feedback from the community. Um, you know, we really haven't done much to do that. Um, so it just gives really good um, feedback that I think we're onto a good thing. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's just a really good achievement. It just says, you know, all the hard work that we've put into uh, writing the code, um, you know, having a real good think about um, our, you know, white paper and the material that we put together. And, uh, yeah, when you get the feedback from, from the public, people that haven't even met that uh, are supporting us, I mean, that, that's just really awesome, actually. Oh, yeah, in this short short of a time, you're already winning awards at hackathons. Uh, you you got you to gotta tell us about that. What what you know, what, were the, what awards did you get? Yeah, well, actually, um, I've won a few kind of awards. I've been on the startup train for a couple of years now. And um, when Ethereum came, first came out, I, um, I entered a Citibank and, a, and also a Santander Bank competition. And uh, I put together uh, a real estate um, prototype for blockchain technology. It was called Medassium. And actually, that's what inspired me um, to build Lightstreams from because, um, you know, we got, I got those awards. Everyone said, wow, this is, this is amazing. This could really impact um, the real estate industry. And, you know, even Deloitte wrote a paper about Medassium. Um, but I knew there were still some things that lacked, and primi- primarily around privacy. Uh, and so I was scratching my head going, how do I solve, solve that? And then after another... Um, I think like 18 months or maybe 12 months of development in my spare time at home. Uh, that's when I entered the hackathon last year um, and presented um, a different way of um, sharing content in a permissioned way so that different users can control who has access uh, to, their, to their data. Um, and so, yeah, that was for a uh, micro insurance application uh, to help out uh, farmers in Kenya. Um, and I kind of demonstrated with live streams how you could manage the document flow in, in uh, insurance applications. Um, so um, particularly because, you know, um, farmers in Africa, you know, we're not dealing with large sums of money and it needs to be a really efficient uh, process to make it worthwhile for you know, these large insurers around, global insurers around the world to, to participate in that activity. Um, but I mean, that just shows like the technology for live streams can be used for um, multiple use cases. Um, and I think that's what makes us different from um, many projects out there that, you know, uh, it's been founded by an engineer, um, someone that worked in the field, someone that, like we said in the earlier, that, you know, out of frustration of the technology. Um, and so we build something first before, um, you know, I guess others just have an idea and then, then try to raise money. We've kind of done it the opposite way, which is a little bit unique. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer and I have uh, kind of this feeling, this nagging thing that, you know, I have to build something that works, that uh, I don't want to promise things that I can't deliver. Uh, and so this is where we are. This is where live streams come to. Oh, and just a question about that real estate prototype that you mentioned that you said you built. Yeah. Was that... Was that specifically for residential deals or commercial deals, or was it for both? For both, um, but that's a good question because um, it came from a startup that I was involved in uh, for commercial real estate. 
And the report that Deloitte did was around commercial real estate. It was aiming towards um, you know, readers of commercial real estate um, information and saying how this could really impact that industry. So it was around um, property management. So if you have like, you know, like a large commercial building and uh, there's many offices and you know, office spaces in that building, um, you, know, you need to manage the, um, the tenancy role. And basically I put all that information of you know, when people are paying their leases or rent, um, putting onto the blockchain to be able to manage um, those leases. And you know, from my background experience of working in banks, um, it's actually very essential that information. Um, you know, when people pay their rent on time um, and all the various um, defaults and various num numbers that you can get out of that tenancy ledger is actually where you actually value the commercial real estate building. Um, and so people in the industry, and I still get people contact me all the time about Medassium, going, "When are you going to launch Medassium?" Um, but actually, this is where I stepped back and I thought, well, Medassium needs live streams. Um, so I've come, gone way back to the protocol ad, to the foundation, take things back and go, okay, let's start from a really good foundation. And then applications like Medassium and, and others can be built on top of that. Yeah, I just really find it fascinating, the thought of, of like you said, doing using using the blockchain technology for, to, to basically swap real estate or just do, do traditional real estate deals. Yeah, absolutely. And so the uh and I know um Lightstream hasn't been around that long per se, but I'm pretty sure you hear a lot of ideas for d new developments or new concepts and are there any that come to mind where maybe somebody brought you an idea or an idea popped up and you said, "Well, that's that's pretty ambitious. Maybe it's something that would happen 3 years out or 5 years out as opposed to happening this year." Well, we've got loads of them actually. Um you know, it's just all about the ability of actually choosing the right ones to do. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of token curated markets. Um, this, this is this new concept that's basically come out of last year where um, you, can, you can basically mint tokens um, to support some sort of cause. Um, so similar to doing an actual ICO, but it's a um, more fluid way of raising money. Um, I could go into more detail, but I'm probably going to go off on a tangent. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the other thing too is, um, at the moment, we've just focused very much on confidenti confidentiality of data. So giving other people consent to access, uh, you know, some shared data. Um, you know, what we're looking to do is potentially uh, add anonymity to our platform. Um, so there's a technology called ring signatures. Um, We'd love to add that in there as well. Um, so there's a lot of different things we'd love to put into Lightstream. Um, you know, we just got to you know, make a clear roadmap um, and start putting those features in. And you mentioned the token curated market. Is there a little bit more you could tell us about that? Because that sounds pretty sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, it's basically about um, we've actually got a, a great idea that we want to build on Lightstream for this. Um, we don't really want to let that cat out of the bag yet. Um, but simply <laughs> it's about creating a smart contract um, where, you know, you can, people can put in uh, the native token, so in our case, photons. They put in some photons and then it will just issue uh, some new tokens, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, um, 
for example, there may be like an artist that you want to support, like Justin Bieber, for example, just to take a name. Um, so you decide, um, maybe you're Justin Bieber's um, manager. So you decide to create the smart contract. And what the smart contract do, does is it issues new Justin Bieber tokens. So you call them Bieber tokens um, if you want. Um, so for example, maybe you put like a, amount of photons in there, like maybe you put in um, 10 cents worth of photons and they will issue a brand new Bieber token. Um, and so you're now a holder of that token and then the, the photons get deposited and held in, um, in escrow in that smart contract. Now, someone else wants to also buy a Bieber token, so they put in some uh, money as well into the smart contract. But now because there's two people, the price goes up, the price is hard-coded in the smart contract. Uh, so someone, they now have to put in, for example, 12 cents, so that 12 cents goes into the smart contract. Um, and then they get their Bieber token. So, and this happens more and more as more people come to buy these Bieber tokens. Um, and so the price goes up, so it's called like a bonded curve. Um, and really it's about an attention market. So the more attention that Justin Bieber gets, the more popular he gets, these people that hold the token, token um, you know, sharing that value. Um, and then there's more powerful things. It's not just about um, you know, the economics, those people that hold the tokens, they then get special rights to do things with them. Um, you know, if it's Justin Bieber, then it gives them access to his, I don't know, VIP tickets or something like that, or um, they get to shout out to him or something like that. Um, but it's really powerful. And lots, there's lots of people that are coming up with different models. Um, you know, there's AI models uh, for data exchanges. Um, it, it's really exciting. I mean, it's really great that people come up with these fantastic ideas. Um, so it just proves that, you know, we're, we're just on the beginning of this crest of a wave. Um, where in the next five years, it's, it's going to be incredible to look back. Wow. So the popularity of the tokens could, could actually rise or fall based, just based on the popularity of the, of the, of the, of the person, right? Like exactly. Yes. So in a few years, we could have Bieber tokens or Warren Buffett tokens or whoever tokens. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it doesn't have to be about a person either. It could just be about a concept or maybe something that you, um, like maybe a, a group that you're supporting. And as more people get in that group, um, then, you know, the value of that group goes up. And so everyone shares and, and basically the way that they're curating that group, the, the way that they're making the group more popular, and then they share in that value. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So, so in, in that uh, so in that type of example, so that means that uh, let's say record companies or mo even movie studios or whatever could come up with tokens for their particular products and, may and yeah. try and maybe trying to raise the popularity. Yeah, you spot on. Yep, that's definitely something that people are looking at. So a few years down the road, basically they would be like an Avengers token or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you can imagine it, yeah. And the interesting thing is, too, when you think about it, I mean, these questions have been asked. Like, well, what do people do if you're going to have thousands of tokens? How do they manage these tokens? Um, and, you know, that's a good question. Um, but, you know, technology will solve it, solve it uh, of course. Um, you know, there'll be really advanced wallets, I, I suppose, that can manage these tokens. Or, actually, the tokens will probably just be abstracted away from the user. So, you know, they'll just see, like, a US dollar amount in their wallet. 
uh, and they don't necessarily need to see all the, the tokens underneath. The, me the mechanics will just be handled for them. Um, but they'll just be rewarded in, in their native currency, I suppose, um, for participating in various activities. And so, and, and we've kind of already talked a little bit about it, but is there anything else you can tell us about uh, in terms of Lightstream's kind of roadmap over the next couple of years? Like, I, like, like of course, uh, not too much detail, because like you said, you don't want to let certain cats out of the bag, but is there a general <laughs> kind of roadmap in terms of what we can expect to see from Lightstream? Yeah, so um, I'm trying to keep the, the roadmap very general at the moment until we publish something in detail. Um, you know, I'm very conscious that, you know, I've, I've had a lot of experience as an engineer and you need to get these roadmaps right. Um, and really, we want to finish our token sale and, you know, see how much money we raise and then budget from there. Um, but what we have said very generally is uh, we want to get the token, uh, sorry, the network launched uh, very soon this year. Um, and what we're aiming for is to have, which is quite unique as well, um, a decentralized governance system. Um, and so this means that Lightstream's protocol is not really run by Lightstream's team. It's really run by the token holders on the network. And uh, what we've done is build something quite unique. Well, we haven't built it yet, actually. But what we're doing is we're planning to build something very unique, and it's outlined in our white paper. Um, around incentivizing uh, the token holders of our network to be able to participate in you know, deciding what the rules of the network will be. Um, I don't know if you follow you know, the crypto world very much, but there's always these controversies about hard forks. If people hear about hard forks are happening, it's very confusing. I have people come up to me going, what's a hard fork? Um, but really, they can be quite controversial because there's something that happens that wasn't foreseen or um, you know, some, someone's lost a whole lot of money and um, basically there's a decision to modify the protocol and this isn't done in a, in a very um, processed way, it's just quickly a knee-jerk reaction. Um, but what we're doing with Lightstreams is putting a very defined process that everyone knows and the token holders can vote and decide how the actual protocol changes. Um, and there's more details to that, um, but that's in a, in a nutshell. And, and as far as any final thoughts or big takeaways that our listeners should, should take away when thinking about Lightstream or looking at Lightstream? Yeah, I mean, like definitely look into Lightstreams and what we're doing. Um, we, we believe that we're a, a platform for real-world applications. Um, so, you know, we're building something which helps uh, privacy and in terms of blockchain storage, the, the cost of that. Um, you know, we're a very experienced team of engineers, um, you know, and we're re really just passionate about the technology. Um, so I really encourage everyone to go look at our white paper, have a read, um, and really support and get behind the project. And what's the main way that you'd like us all to, to, to get a copy of the white paper, to find out about light streams and everything that you're doing? What's the main way? Um, just go to our website, uh, light, lightstreams.network. Um, and you'll see the white paper right there. Um, I mean, people are starting to write some really good reviews and, and web blogs about us. Um, we're hoping to put some of our own videos out soon. Um, to be honest, actually, we're being very um, poor with our marketing side. I mean, we're very, being very tech heavy as a team. And uh, so we're now starting to build that out. So hopefully we'll have some great material 
for people to to you know watch videos and and read some stuff soon. Okay, great. Well, well, thank you, Michael, for for coming onto the podcast and giving us some really cool information to kind of work with. And of course, go to uh, the Lightstream website, like you said, Lightstreams.network. And right. just just thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, Alan. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.